<laughs> well, we have been on a journey about loving our cities, um, and this is, I believe, our eighth week. And so, um, who knows if my math is right. Well, we'll you guys double-check, and you'll get back to me, yes? But we've been on a several-week journey of loving our cities and seeing how God has called us strategically to serve and care for our cities as a outworking and unto obedience of the Great Commission, that we're to go and make disciples of all nations. And the way that we do that is through service, is through hearing the voice of the orphans in the cities and understanding that God loves these cities and we are representing his heart and serving in meaningful ways. And that not only is God okay with that, but that he's called us to do just that. And the Bible says that as we do this, that they will see our good works and give glory unto, unto God. In fact, it goes on to say that when people see our good works, what we're called to do, how we're to live as salt and light and as servants, that they will be put to shame when they criticize followers of Christ because the works speak for themselves. And that's what we're endeavoring to do, not just so that we can have a good reputation, but that Christ would have a good reputation and that those who do not know him would see the love of Christ through the way that we live through the way that we serve, through the way that we have made a meaningful, heartfelt choice that causes us to live in such a way that how we love through our finances, through our time management, through our obedience of the scriptures and the teachings of Christ, that others look and they go, your life is so significantly different because of love that I am compelled to ask you, why do you do these things? I am compelled to ask you, how can I be saved? It's interesting that when Jesus was with Peter, Peter was in the boat. You guys may remember this story. And God comes, he gets in the boat, or gets in the, I'm sorry, he was not, Jesus was not in the boat. Peter was in the boat fishing. And Jesus says, cast out the net on the other side of the boat. Well, they've been fishing all night. And Jesus says, cast the net on the other side of your boat. How many of you know that Peter was a fisherman? You know how fishermen make money? By catching fish. You know what happens when you don't catch fish? You guys are awesome. Good. You're all awake. Yes, you don't make any money. Jesus helped Peter with a tangible issue. He said, cast on the other side of the boat. Peter throws the net over. He gets such a big catch that he falls down on his knees once he gets in and says, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. Is that not the strangest response you've ever heard? Jesus helps Peter with a very tangible need. Peter really needs to catch some fish. He gets such a big help from Jesus that he falls down on his knees and says, I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, Peter, get up and I'll make you a fisher of men. Peter's repentance happened in the presence of God's kindness. Peter's repentance happened in the presence of Jesus meeting his real and tangible need. Isn't that amazing? And Jesus said to us, as I am, so are you. I am the firstborn of many. Who are we? We're the many. So we're going to continue today. We have some beautiful connection points of how we too can tangibly fulfill these things that we've been talking about, that we've been teaching on. And they're nothing different than the teachings of Christ that we've been holding to now for over 2,000 years in line with the beautiful history of the church and those who have called on the name of Jesus. So if you've missed anything from this last series, I want to encourage you to go back, go to ChristCenter.com. Get on the podcast, or you can download the podcast on your iPhone. Subscribe and listen to this last series, because this is what we're all about. This is what we're endeavoring to do, and it will give you the heartbeat of why we're going to continue to keep serving like Jesus did 
until he comes home for his pure spotless bride. Amen? All right. Well, let me, uh, let me read a scripture to you. I thought, uh, see, I, I'm actually going to preach about a five-minute um, sermon today, so you can start your stopwatches now, because that first thing was just a prequel. This is where it starts now. And uh, this is the scripture here. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, and he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist, and then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, and nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I don't know if you noticed, but it took a little bit of time to take off my outer garment, to wrap a towel around my waist. I had to come down from my position. I had to expose myself and become vulnerable in a way that I wouldn't normally do. Maybe we're not normally in the habit of doing such things. But Jesus came as God, having all things. And it says that Jesus did not consider it robbery, having been equal with God, to become a man, a person, just like us, and to humble himself into obedience, even unto the point of dying for us. And Jesus says to us, blessed are you if you do the same, that you also become like a servant, that you also take off your outer garment, an outer garment represents a lot, doesn't it? It represents our title, our reputation. It can represent our schedule, our opinion of ourself. Maybe, maybe I consider myself too good to help with certain things. Perhaps those things are beneath me now. But our example is Jesus who says, being equal with God, did not consider himself as having been robbed to humble himself and become a servant. And we too are called to live that lifestyle. We are not allowed to stand back and remain uh, um, uh, in a, apart from humbling ourselves and making ourselves vulnerable to the needs and to the pain and to the, quite frankly, um, non-convenience of people who need to have their feet washed. It's important to mention this, too, that Jesus washed the disciples' feet because their feet were dirty. Not because it was a great sermon illustration, but that they actually had dirty feet. They walked around in sandals with open-toed shoes on dirt roads where the animals were out and about. There was reason to wash the feet. This is an important point for us because Christ has called us to meet the real and tangible needs of our cities. And he says, as you so do these things, that is when they will look and glorify the Father. Which means when we don't do these things, there is no reason to glorify the Father. 
because the tangible needs of our neighbors are not being met. Later on in the, in the Gospels, God continually, through the disciples, through the apostles, reminds us, James says, if you have faith but no works, your faith is dead. You see, our faith and our works are one and the same. So if you have no works, your faith is not yet developed. You may believe it, but it has not manifested in a way that's helpful to anyone yet. There is no contradiction or conflict between the faith and works of Christians. They are to be one and the same. And it's okay for us to look at our schedules and look at our finances and look at our affections and look at our ability to forgive and say, do my works match the teachings of Christ? And if they do not, the good news is we can repent from those old dead works and we can begin to engage with the righteousness of Christ, which is to fulfill the law of love, loving our neighbors as ourselves in tangible, meaningful ways. But it will not be convenient it will not work well with your current schedule. You will have to be, we will have to be intentional to say, because I am a follower of Christ, I will remove my outer garment. I will re remove the beauty of my independent lifestyle and my independent way of doing things. I will remove those things. I will humble myself. I will bow down to the place of need. I will reach into the place of need. I will adjust my schedule so that I can be there in that place of need. I will adjust my heart so that I'm generous to be able to bring something to those who have need. And I will meet those needs in the name of Christ. It is the only way. It's not a cute idea. James is very direct with us where he says, if you say you have faith, but your works don't match the things that you say, you do not have faith yet. Now, that's an encouraging word for us because it means that there's lots of hope for us where if we say we have a certain faith, but all we have at this point is a belief system with no works, well, praise God. Now is the time to convert and become truly followers of Christ that our works and our faith are one and the same, that we together remove our outer garments and begin to meet the needs of our brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. Can we give these guys a hand? You guys did a great job. Go ahead. You guys can go back to their seats now. And so I'm very excited because I have uh, one of the, well, come on. She's my favorite person in the world. But uh, I want to welcome Pastor Jason and my beautiful wife, Karen, to the stage. And we are going to get an opportunity to show you some foot washing opportunities that we as a body are looking to meet in our area. So can we just welcome my beautiful wife, and Jason. Should I, should I take my shoes off? Or you know what, you can. I mean, I'm, the, the, the foot washing place is, is open, so. All right, praise God. All right. How you liking this program? Jason has been working for us to sit down when preaching Pretty much from day one, so this is kind I of I want to be able to put my feet up, actually, and just, like, you know, stretch, but he, there's, like, people like formal things. I don't like formal things. Really, they're doing this for me. It's kind of true. Should I start? Is I that where we're going? I think you should kick this off. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that was We don't know pitch. what we're doing right now. Um, we, <laughs> thank you. No, um, you guys, it, as we've talked all about these different ways um, to serve and, and the, the whole, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a different grid that we're working from and looking through. 
um, than we have in the past. Uh, but the past few years, as we've seen uh, local engagement in ministry, how churches are doing this, and, and we've explained this throughout the series, we've been really inspired over the past few years to, to tangibly get involved in our community more and more. Um, that that our, our, our loving our neighbors, uh, loving our community can be just like Joshua said. Sometimes it, it costs us something. Um, but we wanted to go out and find these specific areas that Jesus cares a lot about um, and, uh, and serve there. And his priorities, it seems, are uh, the poor, um, the, the orphans, you know, the, the, the ones who, who, who don't have a voice, the ones who don't have a lot. And in our community, we're already engaged in some of these ways. But this morning, we want to, to give some really more direct, we want to give a more direct appeal this morning as to exactly what are the needs of the community and how can we be more involved. And by we, I mean me, and by we, I mean you, um, that we can uh, uh, see practically what are some of these things. So the first one is Junction City Local Aid. And the reason we have Karen up here this morning, even though this is the place where she would least like to be, probably in the whole world, I would imagine, right now is that uh, uh, Karen has taken the lead uh, in this process as we've looked at the needs of our community and been networking with some of the, the leaders of these different ministries and organizations. Um, and Karen has been involved in local aid for quite some time. How long have you been working with local aid? Probably about six years. About six years. So local aid, of course, is our food pantry right here on 6th Street. And um, so as she's been serving... Uh, and the youth also have been very involved. In fact, um, the, the local aid never had any Thursday night pantries open until the youth started plugging in there and serving. So thank you guys for getting that kicked off. Um, this is uh, some, some pictures, actually. This would be a um, food carrier, um, mail carrier's food drive. So. Right. And they do that like once a year. Is that right? Is it twice? Twice a year? Twice a year. Awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about what happens on Thursday nights. So local aid is literally loving your neighbor because 20% of our community goes to local aid at some point for some help. So it's really, it really is your neighbor. These aren't like desperately poor people. Maybe they just have a really big family and they don't necessarily come every single month, but they're gonna maybe once or twice a year just need a little extra assistance. So Thursday evening was specifically designed to help families who are working during the day and can, can't come to the, um, the daytime pantry. In September of this year, they want to expand so that instead of one Thursday night a month, it's every Thursday night a month. And do they have teams for that? They don't have teams. They asked... Um, me and my awesome crew, if we wanted to do it, and all of us were like, oh, that's too much. But we would love to create a couple other teams that can do it. And we've turned it into kind of a fun event for us. So we love getting together and connecting. And when it's not busy, when we don't have very many clients, we just chit-chat and clean the place. And then um, Probably the last six months, we've been going to Dairy Queen afterwards. <laughs> so if we have a weird night, maybe our normal clients don't come in, and it just maybe wasn't as much fun. We make it up for it with ice cream. <laughs> Very good. I think ice cream should be a part of every good liturgy. Don't you? <laughs> that makes sense. So Thursday evenings, they're looking to start this more, and right now we don't have 
uh, enough people to do that. But it's about a three-hour gig, right? Yeah, it's 5.30 until maybe 8.30, just because of setup and cleanup time. But you come in, you put on your apron, you do your work with a smile, you're with your friends, and then you leave, and you don't have to think about it the rest of the month. So it's not, it's not a heavy burden. It's just a come, serve, leave, and it's really a fun time. Yeah, so it's come, serve, and feed the poor or people that need extra food. So this is like a beautiful, tangible way of thinking how we're going to serve the people in our community who, who uh, uh, you know, are struggling. Well, this is a beautiful way to do that. So Thursday evenings, they're wanting to start that. Uh, they're also hoping eventually to get one Saturday a month, I believe, um, to have a team to do that as well. So that's local aid, beautiful ways to be able to plug in. I'm four people. Yeah. So, isn't that a cool opportunity? So that's local aid. Um, let's look at uh, another one. Hey, this one, Love in the Name of Christ, Love, Inc. Um, Love, Inc., of course, we've had Heidi Bolts here before. Um, and uh, let's, they, they made this great video. Oh, shoot. Did I have that the wrong, I had the, well, I'm actually going to go back to that. Here's a video that I think does a great job explaining what they do. I'm a single mom, I have three children that are six, seven, and eight, and I work two full-time jobs, mm -hmm. and my car broke down. Mm -hmm. And so I was walking my kids to school and then back and forth to both jobs. They're trying to catch the bus, and Love Inc. is now helping me fix my car. Don't recommend getting married and moving without jobs to anywhere. So our conflicts were just escalating and it was getting to the point where we thought, you know, we might not make it. Well, I was helping a, a gal move who was very angry. By the time we were done loading her out, she was stood out in the driveway and said, why are you doing this? And I got to share Jesus with her. And she said, you know, I really want to accept him, but I'm really mad because my son died last year and I've never been able to recover from that. So I was able to show her the love of Christ in the middle of that. And that sticks out in my mind because she had been depressed and living in that house for a long time. No one had ever visited her or anything. But then through Love Inc., I was able to go help her move. I was asked to take a recliner uh, to a handicapped woman. My wife was with me at that time, so we took it up to her room and got it into her room, and she sat in it, and it was like I gave her a million dollars. Just made my day, made my whole week, actually. We have really become uh, good friends with some of the clients that we worked with. You know, we, we help each other. And that's wonderful. That's part of the, uh, the reason why we're here. We took resolving everyday conflict. You know, and you're hearing your classmates discuss their issues as well. So it gives you a sense that you're all in it together. There are just incidences that happen that you feel, oh, this is a God thing. What we do is so big, you can't summarize it in one sentence. We take people's needs, any need, any imaginable need, and we use that need to open the door to showing them the love of Christ. I am serving as a coach for the Resolving Everyday Conflict course. Now I can say the student has become the teacher. <laughs> Overcoming fear uh, for the average Christian is all in your mind and you need to step into it 
and you need to embrace it because you've not been given a spirit of fear, you've been given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So the truth is, fear is a lie. So step out in faith, trusting that God will give you the strength to go, and that's the only way to overcome it, is in the doing. Isn't that cool? Uh, I love that last, that last statement he makes. Overcoming fear is in the doing. And I think for so many of us, you know, I, I think that inherently there can be times when we really lose confidence to present the gospel to people because I think there's a the part of us that knows that there isn't really a whole lot of tangible evidence that we're seeing in our own lives that separates us at all from those that, that don't yet believe. And I think in those moments, sometimes it can undermine our confidence to preach the gospel. Now, you should preach the gospel anyway because Jesus died whether or not you and I are obeying him. So preach the gospel. But I think that as we do serve, there's a confidence, there's a love that starts to overflow that's so natural then because we're serving that people immediately, uh, there's an equity that's there and the spirit of God's right there. And you begin to answer a question that they're now starting to ask. I just love that. Mm-hmm. So specifically, some of the teams or things that they're looking for, Karen, can you talk us through this? Yeah, so moving teams, um, this is for, like, Love, Inc. gets referred from um, what organization? Oh, women's space. Someone who had to leave their house abruptly, and they need help moving into a new place. They're just getting settled. Well, there's, they don't have their group of friends. They've left that life. So Love, Inc. comes in and provides a moving team to help them get established. Um, yard work. This might be an older widow that just the yard got out of control and they just need help claiming it back. Um, our own Levi organized a team from his work to go and help someone claim back their land. So, um, yeah, yay, Levi. <laughs> Rides to appointments. These are the, the gaps where there are no organizations that do this. So Love, Inc. comes in and tries to meet up some unusual need with someone who can offer that service. So a ride to appointment, maybe it's an eye appointment where your eyes are going to get dilated and you can't drive yourself home. So someone has to go drive you there, wait while the appointment happens, and then drive you home. This is a great opportunity if you just want to spend some time with someone and show them the love of Christ, you're definitely going to have the opportunity. Oh, yeah, of course, you could be a volunteer in their office. <laughs> Very cool. So Love, Inc. does all kinds of stuff, and we have some in our body right now that are helping out in various ways. So thank you for those who are already doing it. And this is a beautiful opportunity. Like they say, there's so many different needs in the community. They all get referred to Love, Inc., and then we can come and help all of these things. So very cool. The nice thing, too, about Love, Inc. is that depending on some of the availability that you have, there really are season of lifetimes. You know, we understand that. We, we, had, a, we had toddlers at one point. Our life was very different then. Um, now we have some more freedom. So whether, whatever season of life you're in, um, there are a lot of opportunities where you could serve. So if it's four hours a week that you have, great. There's a, there's, there are needs that can be met through Love, Inc. that are, that are tangible. And you could say, hey, this is, this is what I'm available for. Some of you might, maybe it's one weekend a month, you could help moving teams. But the point is there's lots of on-ramps um, that are tangible and available. So whatever season of life you're in, we can connect your availability with those needs. So it's a great network. 
Eugene Mission. Of course, we're big fans of the mission here. Um, and uh, they have a video too, and we like this. We like to say the Eugene Mission is Eugene's mission. But to best understand what that mission is, it might be easiest to start with what it is not. Put simply, the Eugene Mission is not a homeless shelter in the traditional sense. Yes, we house, feed, and clothe the homeless with the love of God, some 700 a day to be exact. But where that might be the end of the story for a homeless shelter, it's only the beginning for the Eugene Mission. We are called to provide a path to wellness. Our goal is to provide long-term solutions that lead to the wellness of our guests. We provide them with the tools they need to do just that, while motivating them and guiding them to move forward. Our services and programs change lives, give encouragement, provide connections to area resources, jobs, education, and training, so that our guests leave with steady income and stable housing. We know there is a way off of the streets because we've helped untold thousands. We don't want to end homelessness for just one night. We want to permanently end homelessness for the people we serve. And that's why the Eugene Mission is not a homeless shelter. The Eugene Mission is a wellness center for the homeless, the only one in the Eugene Springfield area. When our guests get well, it's more than just those we serve who benefit. All of the community benefits. Businesses benefit from cleaner and safer streets. Families who want to feel secure in an area and enjoy all that it has to offer. And people who answer the call to love their neighbors. That's why we like to say the Eugene mission is Eugene's mission. Hope. Through the love of God, it's what we're all about. Yeah. Isn't that great? So we're well acquainted with the Eugene Mission here. Uh, some of the things that they are looking for, first of all, is serving meals. Karen, how many meals do they serve a day? They serve an 850 meals a day. <laughs> they were talking about um, the possibility of people coming, like if you had a group of four and coming, and that could be your night once a month. And um, I don't know, they just were, when we brought the meal, the hot meal, there was one lasting impression that I had, and it was gratitude. I don't think that I've experienced the kind of gratitude that I saw at the mission anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So it really was a joy to serve there. Yeah. Um, so serving meals is one thing they have ongoing needs for, even after the new uh, kitchen. They are building a new kitchen right now. You guys know their, their kitchen went down in flames about uh, uh, or last month. So they're hoping that'll be back up. They're still going to need ongoing help in actually serving these, these men and women. Um, serving meals. Another one's gardening. They have a gardening, a gardening club that comes there every Tuesday morning. Um, but they need help at different times, too. So we could organize teams to go at different times that maybe fit a different schedule if that was needed. Um, they need warehouse help, um, particularly uh, during the day from 8 to 3. Um, they have all kinds of shipments that come in and need to be sorted, meals, all kinds of things, because they have a lot of people that stay there. In addition to serving that many meals, they have a, 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 like 300 people maybe that stay there a night. They have got even more beds than that, but they, it, it's a big operation there. Um, they are starting this fall, this is pretty cool, tutors and teachers. They're, they want to have an outlet, a way for the people that are staying there to get their GED. Isn't that awesome? So uh, they're going to need tutors and teachers for that coming this fall. I think that tutor needs a tutor. <laughs> Tutors. It should be a T. 
Hey, I don't claim responsibility for any typos because everybody knows uh, Vernet, that I should I never be able to put anything out there without people checking it first. I'd like to uh, schedule a session with Vernet for a few afternoons. That with, is ironic, uh, isn't it? I would love some spelling um, tutoring, tutoring. Um, support in the men and women, the men's center and the women's center. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so they refer to this as hospitality. And every day, every person at the mission needs to have a shower. So they need help facilitating, getting them everything that they need to make that happen. Um, hospitality is important wherever you go. And this is a really critical thing you could do to make someone's life feel like a life again. So this is an awesome outlet. Yeah. You know, they were talking about the largest uh, population of homeless is, uh, is am amongst women, the largest growing population. There's a lot of single moms that are, that are um, suffering from homelessness. So a uh, great opportunity to connect with single moms that are facing homelessness. And uh, it's a, it, this is a great ministry. We're so excited about it. Um, you know, we, we love our cities. We love this region. There's, you know, 360,000 people in this region. Junction City, we believe, is the epicenter of what God wants to do in the region. Starts here and moves outward. But may <laughs> we not forget um, that these are our cities. And so it's just vital for us to not sort of think, oh, well, you know, that's Eugene. Let the devil have it. We're here in Junction. <laughs> Absolutely not. These are, these are our cities, and we love Eugene, and we consider ourselves a part of this region. So, uh, so when you're seeing Eugene mission, don't, don't, don't hear Eugene's mission and not see you in that. We're all part of this mission for this region in, in Willamette Valley. As we were taking a tour of the Men's Center and the Women's Center, um, one of the things they told us is that the vast majority of men who are homeless that come through there are battling addiction. The vast majority of women are battling mental illness. Um, and of course, there's a lot of crossover. And Probably because the men are all addicted. Well, that is, that is honestly a big problem. That is part of the, uh, the reason, absolutely. And they also have a center for women with small children who are in crisis. And so that's like a protected place 24-7, um, uh, you know, in, in dangerous situations. So what I'm saying is they're serving and doing an unbelievable work over there. And if we want to help out with the least of these, this is a I can't think of a better way to do it than what they're doing. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We can go and help these guys and support them even more. And we obviously have people already in this body who've been faithful in that. How many of you are already serving at the, at the mission right now? Just raise your hand. Just look around. Good job, guys. Awesome. Come Thanks, on. guys. Praise God. There's more here who aren't even here this morning. But, um, yeah, we just want to say they need even more help, and there's more opportunities. Um, and... Uh, in addition to the, the, the mission itself, they have this program that we've talked about before called the Life Change Program. And we had a whole bunch of them come a few months ago, um, and we got to experience a little bit. Here is a, a quick video from one of the men, actually, who was in the first class that uh, Joshua and I did. His name's Mike, and he was a great guy. Here's his testimony. My name's Mike. I'm a member of the Life Change Program at the Eugene Mission. 56 years old. I was born in Eugene. and. Uh, Lived here all my life. Been through a, a couple of, of uh, relationships. I've got a I got a daughter and a couple of grandkids. Kind of struggled for a lot of years with with substance. Ended up going to jail. Got pretty close to God in there and just realized that you know something was going to have to change in my life. I felt like I was being called to come here to the mission just because I had no place else to go. I didn't really know anything about the mission other than it was a place to eat and a place to stay and. Where I was at at that time, that was a whole lot better than the way I'd been living. 
the Life Change program came about. And, uh, you know, I've been sober now for over a year, and I, I have never been, I haven't been sober that long since I was like 11. It's a year-long program. Um, you have to commit for a year. We all live together. We run the, the Mission Kitchen. After a year, we'll have a job and a place to live. We'll have mentors and guys to help us transition from here back out into the world. I, I was a professional musician for about 30 some years and, and I'd really like to continue using my music to spread God's word and to, to help people to heal. I just like to speak to anyone who's at that point in their life where they don't know what they're gonna do because this place truly helped save my life. It really did. <laughs> Man. The most moving thing that you'll ever see is if you ever go to a graduation of the Life Change program, we're going to have one coming up here pretty soon, and oh man, it's, it's the most amazing thing. They need mentors. That's the thing they're looking for for, for the Life Change program. Obviously, this, this isn't going to apply to everyone because not everyone can just jump in and be a mentor, um, but if this is the kind of thing that, that moves you of these men and women going through this extended program pr pr to get sober and to get their life right with the Lord. Um, this is a, a beautiful opportunity. Um, so uh, this involves uh, one hour a week. They want every single one of the students to have a mentor who can come and meet with them, pray with them, encourage them, uh, be a sounding board, all of these things. And they're in there for uh, a year's time. Um, so there is a process uh, that is required to, to go through this. So if you're interested in that, uh, we'll let you know exactly how that works. Um, but they really need mentors. Um, there's one other outlet here that we want to bring up, foster family support teams. Um, as we have uh, been talking uh, about getting more involved in foster care, we've been praying for five new foster families, um, and we are uh, uh, on our way to that. And in our body, we have three foster families right now, so we're praying for two more this year. Um, and one of the things that has been said to us over and over and over again is if we want to see foster families uh, uh, grow in our church uh, to, to see more raised up, we need to make sure we're taking care of the ones that we have. And so here are the ones we have. Aww. Aren't they sweet? Um, we have uh, um, Josh and Carly, we have Kara and Dan, and we have Josh and Nikita. And we want to make sure that we're supporting these guys. So one of the things that, that we want to do is to get specific and get intentional about this. And not just to be like, oh, I hope they're doing okay. Or like, just say, oh, so how's it you know, going with that whole thing? But actually have a, a way to do this. Um, so here are the specific um, needs. Occasional respite care. That means these guys really need a break. Um, they just need to go out and have dinner together. Um, things like this. This is a real need, right? You're taking on more. They're all nodding. They're all in this section going, yes, I haven't been on a please. date in six months. <laughs> it's a big deal. So uh, respite care, so to, to take care of the kids. Um, emergency meals. Uh, we just had an incident this past week where Carly uh, had, to, had to take the, the boy they have uh, to, he, he just fell down, hit his head. She had to take, she's required to take him to the emergency room, even though he's fine and she can tell, but there's all different criteria you've got to be able to do uh, uh, to, to check things out. So she had to go for like three hours. Well, in the meantime, 
how in the world is she going to make dinner for these kids? But these are the very typical kinds of situations where you've just got more stuff. You've got legalities. You've got all kinds of stuff you have to deal with. A meal uh, uh, sometimes is, is just the thing. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. We're talking about just, if you could just come over and make sure my kids don't die from starvation today. Um, you know, <laughs> like uh, spaghetti would be great or, you know, stroganoff or a hot dogs or something could be super easy, not elaborate, but to come and just to help. So that's one burden that that's not, that's not on their plate. Um, one thing we've talked about this, grand, grandparent-style check-ins. Do you want to mention this? This was really on your heart. Yes, yeah, so um, we have in our life an Aunt Patty, and Aunt Patty loves us, and she takes such careful care to make sure that we just know that we're loved. So she'll bring over just little things, like she knows I'm too cheap to buy raspberries at the grocery store, so she'll bring over Autumn a little half a pint of raspberries and just little things that make us know that we're loved and we were thinking that would be something someone could do just bring over a little a little love give a hug read a story not a long elaborate respite care time but just a little encouragement to the family Mm. it's very cool um, and uh, occasional uh, help with housekeeping, sometimes that becomes an issue too as the needs continue to grow and as these uh, extemp- uh, extemporaneous things happen. Um, and uh, finally, a prayer team. I, I, I hesitate even to put this because this is one of those things that's like, eh, if you can't do any of these things, you can just pray. But that is the case for a lot of us. Maybe you're not able to uh, uh, come out and help in, in a practical, uh, hands-on kind of way, but we can pray, and these guys really do need extra prayer. There's all kinds of issues that are coming up. These kids are coming with great emotional needs very often um, and uh, uh, dealing with uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, all kinds of things uh, that they're dealing with. And then, so the parents and trying to figure out how do I mesh that, how do I help this child's needs uh, and then help my own child's needs at this time because this can be a very confusing time for them as well. Um, So they need prayer. And it can be so simple too because if that is something you're available for, you know, Carly was sharing just to have a, uh, you know, a, a text list where she can shoot out a text and say, hey, I've got this going on. Can you be praying right now? And, you know, you get some encouraging texts back of, hey, I'm praying. I'm with you. It, you know, and, and then most importantly, God actually answers prayer. So yeah. it's a very easy thing to do. Um, but it, it's don't let, may we not underestimate the power of that as well. Another thing that Carly mentioned was that they have visitation days which changes the dynamic of the next day. So they're visiting with their families, which adds a lot of confusion to their life. And the next day, they sure could use some prayer and encouragement because that's often a hard day for the kiddo. Um, we have the ushers uh, grab the uh, sheets and, and pens. Um, what we would like to do this morning is just, at, we, we've laid a lot of stuff out there for you. Local aid, the mission, the life change program, uh, Love Inc., and uh, uh, respite teams. We, would, we, we have these listed, and we were going to pass these out to you guys, and we're just going to take a few minutes, um, put on some music, and just have you ask the Lord, you know, could I be involved in one of these things? And, and to, uh, um, we just want to put this out as an invitation. Obviously, um, there's, there's no compulsion in this whatsoever. Um, but we would like you to, to, if you're willing, to let us know what, what are some of these things that you might like to be involved in. You're not signing up. I want to be really clear about this. You're not signing up for anything by checking any of these boxes. But we are going to begin to put together teams based on level of interest and availability. Um, so we'll be coming and, and uh, uh, 
trying to put some of this together so we can serve as effectively as possible. But if you're able, would you please uh, um, check what, what are some of these things you, you might like to help in? Uh, and, and Jeff, can you get some, uh, some music going on here? So I'm just going to pray. I don't want to make this remotely heavy-handed because it's really not. These are opportunities. The, the, you're not doing us any kind of favor. These are opportunities. So, uh, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come and speak to us now. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for, the, for these opportunities. We thank you for opening our minds and our hearts and stretching our hearts in new ways. Uh, as the psalmist said, uh, that you prayed that you would enlarge his heart. And I pray that you would do this now uh, for, for all of us. So in a few minutes, we'll come and actually collect these. Um, it, it, you don't have to check it and fill it in at all and give it back. You don't have to do that. I just want to, I just want to brag on you. Um, it, it is, um, without flattering you, the greatest honor of my life to be a part of this family. 
Um, when God called Karen and I to come and be a part of this tribe, you know, we, it wasn't in our heart. He called us. And at some point, if you don't know that story, I'm sure you'll get the opportunity to hear it. But as he called us, he didn't just call us to come and preach at people in a building. He called us into a family and to be a part of a heritage of radical love for Jesus and radical obedience and generosity. And you guys demonstrate that over and over and over again. And it's just such a pleasure to become more strategic in some of our approaches. But this isn't a new heartbeat. This isn't something that, that didn't already exist. This is a continuation of God's call to, to who we are as a family. And I just want to thank you so much for your hearts and for the beauty of who you choose to be as a family. And so I, I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for taking time to, to fill this out. As Jason shared, this is us trying to best um, approach felt needs with available um, schedules and hearts. And, uh, and so what we're going to do then is follow up with you and be able to, to know like, hey, I'm already feeling called towards this direction. And then we're able to say, oh, well, let, let it help us you know, match you up with available needs. Um, so we, we promise to continue to walk in honor and humility and respect as we look to serve together. So thank you guys for, for going through this, this step. And, um, and uh, I want to just pray over you, and, uh, and we're going to let you go because it is 1210, and I bet people are starting to get hungry. Did you guys enjoy this? Was this helpful? What do you think? Isn't my wife amazing? I just love hearing her talk. I know, right? She's, she's so scared. She's so scared to, to hear that she's good at this because it means she might have to come up and do it more often. Hey, so how it's kind of funny. Okay, so listen. You, I have this habit that I preach for 42 minutes without ever noticing, and I looked back and like I had so many sermons. They're all 42 minutes. I don't do that on purpose. I aim for 30. Imagine if Karen preached. She'd be done in like 17 minutes. So I'm just saying, do you guys want her to preach sometime? Yes. Huh? Huh? Okay, fine. That wasn't very strong. I'm, how am I supposed to leverage that? I'm going to pray. Jesus, bless us as we continue to serve. God, continue to give us uh, an infilling of your Holy Spirit and your love so that together we can see orphans in our cities become sons and daughters of you, the Most High God, those that do not know you to know and experience your love. Father, we pray for nothing less than what Jesus prayed, that we would be one in you and that we would go and share the good news until everyone on this earth has had an opportunity to receive your love. This is what we endeavor to do. We bless you today, God, and we ask only for more grace and love so we can do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to come and pick those up now. Do, is that what we should have the ushers come back and pick them up? Yep. Yeah, so just go ahead and just hand them to, to the this? left. Yeah. And uh, the ushers will come get them. Just pass them right to the left, and we'll pick those up. Thank you, guys. And uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace.